This is the weekly sales meeting for September 24th, 2023. My name is Chris Fleming. You can reach me at chris at cdmediaconsulting.com or go to our website at cdmediaconsulting.com. Today's topic is why do we talk like that? Etiquette is defined as a set of norms or behaviors. These are expected and accepted social practices. While the origins of the word date back to the ancient times, the more modern approach comes from 18th century France. This was at a time when the French dictated social norms, and French was the official language of most monarchist courts in the whole of Europe. The French aristocracy was considered to be the creme de la creme, often emulated but never duplicated. Fast forward to the modern era, and every business has its set of established norms. The sameness that governs polite society may hinder business growth. As I have often said, trying to be like everyone else gets you treated like everyone else. If you sound like every other salesperson your prospect or client will hear from today, you will have limited opportunity for success. If fortune favors the bold, why do we all strive to conform to the norms of polite society rather than seek to stand out in our field? It could be a case of repeating what we have seen others do. We see and hear others do something and think we should do it too. And it's not only happening in the world of selling. It happens in all walks of life. There is usually one innovator and a hundred imitators. And the lookalikes often have no idea what or why they are fashioning themselves this way. They are thinking, Timmy does it this way, I should do it this way. Then this technique or style gets passed down or passed through the organization. Often this transference comes with a lack of understanding of the why behind the method. Understanding why something was successful might be more important than rolling out a replica and calling it good. As imitations are often like movie sequels. Because the original was great doesn't mean there should be a movie of the same name with the number two after it. Knowing why something worked goes a long way to making it work for the next person. That will help the next seller internalize and improvise their own method. We have found this manifests itself in the sales profession. We use throwaway phrases to contact or continue conversations with customers or prospects. We use awful methods of creating conversation. We put ourselves at a disadvantage. We do so by using non-assertive language. We do so by using vague directional asks to frame conversations. Most of it is subconscious behavior. We do it without thinking because we saw or heard somebody else do it. Regardless of the success level of the person we are mimicking, we fall into the trap. We don't stop to think in advance. Think about the intended outcome of the ask or the call or the presentation. We launch into the question in our subconscious mind, and then we act surprised when it results in a suboptimal outcome. See if you recognize some of these awful phrases to never say. I am not a gambling man, but I'm willing to bet we have said them all. For instance, you are calling on someone you have met with or presented to. Now you are looking for the next step in the conversation. Pick up the phone, dial their number. They pick up the phone. I know it's fantasy land. You say, hey, John, I'm just checking in. What are you, going to lunch or staying at a hotel? The truth is you are not checking in, are you? You are trying to couch your actual intention as something it is not. Embrace the fact that you sell things for a living. You play an integral part in the business ecosystem. Without you, no commerce would take place. Turn that phrase around. Declare your intentions. You are not checking in. You are calling to explore our mutual interest in the next steps of our partnership. 
How is that for a subtle but polite sales conversation? You could be overt about it. Hey, John, we met last Tuesday, at which time we agreed to talk today about our next steps. What time works for you, 2 or 2.30? Not only did I take control of the conversation, but I was direct and commanding. I used the age-old commitment, guilt, and shame technique all good recovering Catholics learn, and I offered a choice that could not be answered with a no. Which do you think has the best chance of working? My method or the checking-in method? In prospecting, we all talk about getting to the decision-maker more often, so much so that there is nothing subtle about it. We ask for that person when we first call. It almost becomes too impersonal, dismissive even. It minimizes the person on the other end of the phone. We say, John, I would like to talk to the person who makes the decision about marketing or advertising. Is that you? Or, John, are you the decision-maker? Somewhere along the line, we were taught to ask that question, and it is a dumb question. First, everyone will claim to be the decision maker, even when they are not, as they want to seem important. And two, by asking that question, you are challenging the person's self-worth. They will be less inclined to favor anything you have to say in the future. This would be a good time to ask process questions and not personnel questions. Ask this, John, when it comes to advertising, what process does your company go through to make those choices? See what I did there? I didn't challenge John. I gave him props for being himself, and I asked a non-threatening question so John could give me directions. Most people want to help if framed the right way. Let's try this scenario. You have a set appointment. You call at your allotted time, and the politeness meter of Mrs. O'Loughlin, your fourth grade teacher, kicks in. You say, John, I'm calling for our two o'clock is now still a good time. Think about what you want to have happen here. You book the appointment. They agreed to it. The accommodation was already made. They answered the phone. By asking this permission politeness-based question, you are indicating you are not a serious person. And it would be okay if you didn't keep your meeting time for today. It is a set appointment. They answered and you kept up your end of the bargain. Proceed as normal. Turn that politeness into permission to continue. John, for our 2 o'clock appointment, I will be judicious with our time. Today, we will cover X, Y, and Z. All will take less than the 15 minutes we booked today. Let's get started. Notice my method. Prove I am serious. State the agenda. Manage expectations. Don't hesitate. Get started. Prepare for your command performance. I'm sure this has happened to every one of us. You make a spectacular presentation. Buying signs happen throughout. You get to the end. You ask for the order, and the customer doesn't immediately fall over and sign the deal. An awkward silence befalls the room. Not wanting to backtrack or get up from the table, you are unsure of what to do next. You do not want to push too hard, as you think selling is like fishing. You have the prospect on the line, and you don't want to jerk too hard and scare them off or break the line. You do what you have seen others do before you. You make the mistake of speaking. And because you don't have a plan and didn't think through this scenario, you opt for a continuation. You give the customer an out by saying, I can see you're not ready to commit. How about I come back on Thursday? And you can sign everything then. You see the blood go back into the face of your prospect. You're there. Your prospect is there. And both know the intended outcome of the conversation. Don't blow it by giving them an out. If they need one, let them ask for it. Try not to speak. But if you can't help yourself, reiterate the high points and the urgency factor. Talk about the opportunity cost of delay. I will say, John, this is a win for everyone. We solve X problem. It is a long-term plan. And you can stop leaving X amount of dollars on the table each week. You can do what you like, but if I were you, I'm not waiting another day to realize this growth. 
In the course of discovery calls, we teach people to find out the pain points. In some courses, I have even seen the phrase, what keeps you up at night? And I've thought, wow, you got into the bedroom on the first conversation. That is bold. True, we want to find out what is the source of the pain. But overtly asking in the first conversation does not build relationships. People have to trust you before they will open up their conversational rights to you. One thing is for sure, they are not kept awake by thinking about how much of whatever you are selling they are going to buy from you. I can guarantee they are not thinking about you at all late at night. So spend some time asking appropriate questions to triangulate the pain. You are a doctor. Don't go from saying hello to the prostate exam in 3.2 seconds. Find out about all the ailments first before making the diagnosis. Ask about the business process. Ask about profit and margins. Ask about competitors and opportunities. Use good discovery call techniques and the pain will come to the surface. Besides, asking the customer what keeps them up at night may give you a false positive diagnosis. They may be experts in their field, but they are all novices at marketing their business. Don't cede the expert's position to anyone else. You are the expert. Act accordingly. This one always bothered me. You make a presentation. After the ask and in the course of negotiation, the customer asks for something that is somewhat out of the ordinary. The salesperson responds with, let me ask my manager. At that point, I would stop the conversation if you were selling to me. My grandfather would always tell me, never take a no from someone who is unauthorized to say yes. If you are a seller using this technique, stop it. You are only hurting yourself. If you are a manager teaching this technique, stop it. Empower your team to make field decisions. Give them the parameters to say both yes and no. Otherwise, me, as your customer, would no longer give that salesperson the time of day. They have indicated to me they are not the trusted advisor I need. They are not the authority on buying and selling because they have to go check with someone else. I would rather deal with the someone else than a person who is not the final authority. When I am in that situation and I do need to check with someone else, I will buy myself some breathing room. I do it by saying, I had not considered that option. Let me think about it for a couple of hours and get back with you. Never relinquish the high ground. These phrases and sales techniques are either taught or learned from live fire exercises. We did them and they didn't hurt us that much, so we keep doing them. But best if we unlearn them or discard them so they can't be a nuisance in the future. Better to understand the use of language as a skill and harness it to create the desired outcomes. We can do it with simplicity and eloquence. We can avoid pitfalls and cliched outcomes by planning in advance and by understanding typical customer reactions to rote phrasing and delivery. Most of the overused cliches and actions in selling stem from being unprepared. We get lazy. We don't think about the intended outcome, only of the next words and not where those words will lead us. Plan your sales calls, including outcomes and contingencies. Practice calls and responses. Think about possible answers to basic and complex asks. Understand this move plus the four next moves down the line. The world gets more complicated every day, despite the rise in electronic communication. What has not gotten more complicated is human interaction. It is still simplistic despite the hundreds of ways we can overcomplicate it. Work to understand why you say what you say and why you ask what you ask. Know, with certainty, how the first question will lead to the second, third, and fourth. Plan for all outcomes. Know your responses to logical and inane questions. Be the authority. Hold the high ground. Don't cede control of the conversation to a non-expert in the field. Understand why you say what you say. Discard those phrases that seem like proper etiquette, but will blow up your calls with speed and urgency. Understand why we say what we say and understand where it can lead us. 
My new book, 52 Weekly Sales Meetings, is now available on Amazon.com. If you like what you have heard here today, please consider ordering a copy or two. You can always send one to a friend. Go to cdmediaconsulting.com right now and follow the instructions to order.